Greetings, fellow geeks, and welcome to another episode of the Geek Broadcast, a podcast where three broads discuss anything and everything geeky. I am one of your hosts, Lauren, and with me, as always, on this geeky journey are two of my closest friends. First of all, Christina, back from her vacay. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? Back from vacay. Wish I wasn't. I could have used another, like, week, maybe two. That's fair. That's really, really fair. <laughs> and also, birthday girl herself, Katie. Hi. Happy thanks for birthday. recording on my birthday. Well, thanks for recording on your birthday oh, yeah. with us. <laughs> of course. It's a, I mean, after your like 16th birthday. No, let me take that back. After your like 21st birthday, <laughs> birthdays, I mean, for me, they just are kind of another day. So, yay. I'm glad I get to spend it with you guys. That's fair. No, that's fair. That's really, really Enjoying fair. a couple Actually, cocktails. Yeah. Yes. My jalapeno no label beer is is keeping me going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids. Well, let's get to it. Loki finale. Uh wow. A lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. But since Christina was not here last week and we didn't get her overall thoughts on episode five, Christina, give us those overall thoughts on episode five before we talk episode six. What you got? I liked episode five. I liked all the Lokis. I thought all the Lokis were kind of fun. Um, I liked how they each, huh? Who was who was your favorite? Alligator Loki. Yes, I was gonna say when he ripped off President Loki's hand, I started laughing. Like an alligator Loki wakes up every day and chooses violence. It's very clear that that is what he does because he snaps more often than you know normal Loki does. So. I was very un- like excited by him and I-, I don't know. He was just, it-, it was just one of my favorite things that I've seen. Um, yeah. Five. I, I liked to see, I think we had even more character development. I think we saw a lot out of Sylvie in episode five. Um, you know, her understanding, I think she started to really understand like what might be going on, what was happening. I found self pruning to be interesting that, it's like mm. yeah i need to just yeah. like self prune um but yeah i thought episode 5 really set us up for episode 6 realistically is what it did is it brought together the pieces we needed and explained things and um it made 6 so much better and i don't know i can't get over alligator loki like i haven't been able to get over it all day to be honest since i've been thinking <laughs> about it um but i think that when ravana realized you know she kind of doesn't know what's happening now she's kind of got a bit of a clue and miss minutes you know was pretty prominent i think in parts of episode five so that was pretty cool too um and i was so happy we saw owen wilson again i gotta admit i was concerned we weren't going to get quality owen wilson time anymore in the series but then we do and it made me really happy so yeah that's about Everything from episode five, I didn't have too much. And I know you guys talked pretty in depth about all of it. So I think we're good. Yeah, it was a good episode. Like you said, it really was. Um, It's all the Easter eggs. Katie and I talked about some of them. And I have, there's so many more that I'm noticing after I'm watching it, you know, again. So yeah, it's nuts. It's really, really nuts. But yeah, good, good episode. It was a good prelude to the finale. So let's talk about the finale and Katie, I'm going to get your overall thoughts first because wowsy, wowsy, wowsy. You and I talked about it last week. Could it be another Loki? Could it be Kang? It seems to be, obviously we were not led astray like we were with WandaVision and Mephisto. 
they did the thing. Marvel did the thing, and they brought the guy that is going to be pretty much the next baddie in the MCU. So your overall thoughts, my friend, on episode six. Yeah, I mean, Marvel fed us exactly what they were feeding us, you know? <laughs> like, a lot of times I've said before, like, Marvel keeps feeding me stuff, but sometimes I don't want to eat it. Like, th- this time I was I was prepared to have a meal of King the Conqueror um, because they were telegraphing it so hard. And I think that uh, that was kind of that, – that was really satisfying. And the, the setup um, to that meeting and then the meeting itself – was just so rich. I mean, we we know it all now, right? We've got that he's a time traveler. We've got that there are many, many different versions of himself. You know, all of all of these things that are, you know, he, he goes in like a million different directions in the comics. And I think that having what did he say an infinite number of himself that we're all yeah. gonna come and 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 try and take over this timeline like what <laughs> you know we've got we, we've he definitely has set us up for um for some fun stuff but yeah the and again the the duality of loki and <laughs> loki and sylvie you know there's there, i i have some thoughts on on that that we'll talk about later but um yeah there there was this set us up great at the ending crushed my soul when they got back to the TVA and Mobius and B15 didn't know who Loki was didn't know who he was talking about the timekeeper statues timekeepers were bullshit I mean the statues were gone and it was Kang or the the he who he who he who remains that's his name he who remains he's not officially Kang yet but we know that's who he is so yeah, overall, I mean, strongest way they could have um, they could have ended this season. Now we have confirmation yep. that there's two seasons, which I think that was the thing that I screamed the most at <laughs> in this whole episode was that mid credit scene of uh, the Loki returning in season two. So yeah, it was it was great. It was a solid way to um, bookend at least this first season and set us up for so much more throughout the MCU. Yeah, phase four is about to be the wackiest shit we have ever seen. And I cannot freaking wait for it. Like, it's just going to get bonkers crazy. Um, Yeah, we're definitely going to talk Sylvie, Loki for sure. Because there is a lot of good stuff going on uh, during that whole conversation with with them, with He Who Remains and all that stuff. But, Christina, I know it's pretty fresh in your mind. Your overall thoughts on the finale. What do you think? I'm not going to call it a finale. It's the last episode of the first season. Fair. Okay. Season one So I'm not going to call it a finale. Um, Jonathan Majors killed it. And I'm so excited to see what he does as king through all of the next phase of the MCU. Because let's face it, guys, we're getting a multiverse war. It's going to be insane. It's happening. (laughs) We already know it. Drop the fucking Spider-Man trailer for fuck's sake. Hell yeah. Give it Give to me. me. Goddamn Spider-Man trailer. Drop that GD trailer right now. I mean, let's go. We know. We've all seen it. When are you dropping it? Tomorrow? Are we going to get it tomorrow? Could we get it tomorrow? Maybe. I don't know. Everybody knows. Everybody watched Loki. We all know that, yes, we are getting all three Spider-Men. Oh, I can't wait. I it's can't happening. Wait to We're getting Toby. We're getting Garfield. We're getting them all. Movie. We're going to be oh. in the multiverse. We're going to be in different timelines. This is happening. You cannot hide it. You cannot deny it. Um, 
I love the narcissism of the Loki character. I think that comes full circle. Um, I, I think that that really did play a huge part. I loved when Loki says, and I know we're going to get into Loki and Sylvie, but honestly, I think my favorite line that really happened in the entire episode was because you can't trust and I can't be trusted. Oh, good stuff. Such good writing. Like, why was it so strong? It was so strong. And, and, you know, like it just built up to that meeting so well. And then Jonathan Majors just nailed it through that entire meeting. And then, I mean, all the way to the end, it was, it was fire. It was awesome. And now let's go Marvel. Let's go. Keep it going. Keep on the stream. I just, and you're a hundred percent right, Chrissy, like, Drop the shit now. Give me Spider-Man because we know this is going to correlate with this whole event. 100%, right? We know Doctor Strange 2, obviously next year, is going to be a major part of this. Now, obviously, through this episode, we do find out that he who remains, we all know it's Kang. It's a version of Kang. And that is so smart to not call him Kang, but to basically reference him because now... Jonathan Majors can be Kang for like the next fucking 20 years. Like there are so many variations of this guy that he is set. He is set for life playing this character. Do we want to fold in though? Do we want to fold in one of the conversations that we had? I think with you saying that, that 20 year thing, now is a good time to bring up the question that we had dropped and proposed to us. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Which one? Which one? So we got a question from DJ that really ties in well when you're talking about a character that we could use for 20 years and still have material. And DJ asked us, one of the strengths of the MCU movies is character crossovers. You had Iron Man in Civil War, Hulk and Ragnarok, Thor and Doctor Strange, and there's more and more, right? But recently, Feige announced that they're scaling back long-term multi-movie deals with their actors. So is this going to make crossovers or those characters that we have 20 years worth of material for less frequent? It's a really good question. And I don't know if this is partially just because maybe they're still trying to figure this out with the whole multiverse. Because for me, so I mean, again, let me just get my overall thoughts because I do love DJ's question. So. Again, overall, this season one finale was fantastic. It answered all the questions. It didn't hold any punches. It's creating what the hell is going to happen in in the next phase of the MCU overall. It's setting everything up, right? But what's beautiful about it is that you you don't necessarily have to have watched Loki because I guarantee this is all going to be like referenced or whatever within the movies, right? So... This series is only going to enhance, like, when you, as fans like us, who watch these movies, we're going to be like, oh, okay, so this reference back to Loki. When you don't have to see it, like, you, they're not making these shows must-see, if, if that makes sense. Like, they're making it a part of the, of the overall story, but they still are going to make, in my opinion, the movies the ones to go watch, right? Because that's, that's just been their bread and butter, which is fine, which is fine. But yeah, so like overall, I know I'm going crazy right now because there's so much to talk about in this episode. But yeah, I mean, the Loki, Sylvie stuff was great. You have Kang, Nathan, uh, Nathaniel uh, Richards in this show. Jonathan Majors, Chrissy, you're 100% right, kicked so much ass in this 
small performance. And again, this shows Marvel knows how to freaking cast. They know what they're doing. They know who can perform. They know who can bring these characters to life and bring a unique twist on it. Because what Jonathan Majors did in like, what, 15 minutes to, oh, I mean, more than like 15 minutes, but you know, in that, in the small time he was on was great. Like you were, I was invested in him and I was like, okay, I can't wait for, to see him do other versions. Like that's the best part. Like thinking of like, just as an actor, like you get to play a character, but you get to play him in different variations now. Like as King the Conqueror, as King this, as King that, like it's going to be insane. Like he, that's got to be like an actor's dream to be a character that you can play that has multiple variations of it because of what they set up. It's insane. Um, yeah, TVA but I think, stuff, go ahead. Yeah. I think though, Laura, you have to think about the fact that that does tie in really closely to DJ's question because, right, right, you know, right. you signed the short term deal with an actor and now you want him back. You need that character back. And this guy just killed it as this character. How do you recast that if you don't want to pay to get him back? Well, again, I think that maybe it's just they're doing it business wise now. Maybe they're doing shorter contracts, not these longer term contracts. But I still think, like, if they sign, let's just say they sign Jonathan to what, three films, whatever, right? He's going to be in more. So maybe you just get the three three years and then you renegotiate after that. To me, that's what, that's what, that's what that tells me. I don't necessarily, and I mean, I see what DJ is saying about, you know, having crossovers and everything like that. Because I think maybe for just a short amount of time that they might scale back just because maybe because they, they had to introduce new characters now, right? Because we have been with the original six for what, 10, 10 plus years, right? So now they are literally kind of reshifting the entire MCU to like a younger versions a little, right? Because you have Tom Holland, you have these people like um, the actress who's playing Katie Bishop in the Hawkeye series, who's going to be the new Hawkeye. You have Yelena from Black Widow. Like you have things in motion that are setting up for, you know, these newer generation, the next movement of superheroes. And so then they have to set that up. So I think individual movies, just like we did in the beginning of, you know, the very beginning of this whole thing, like Iron Man, you know, they, they started at these single movies and then obviously it gradually built into a massive, you know, massive crossover events, right? So they're building that up again, I feel like. that That's just my personal opinion. It's like they're not starting from scratch, but they're starting another level of it. Like, okay, here's here's the base, right? We got our, our you know, big six. Now we got to build on top of that and now we got to get more, slowly add more Avengers, add more new characters. So it's not overwhelming, right? Because it can come to a point where I think it gets overwhelming for maybe fans. Like if you just start shoehorning a bunch of characters and a bunch of comic book people in, you know, it's, it's it can get overwhelming. Katie, what do you got? I know you got thoughts. Yeah, I mean, just on the contract spectrum of things, do we know that movie contracts and TV contracts are all the same because there could be that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, there could be some different levels of of with the contracts and the the length of 
you know, commitment to play a character. Maybe the film and the TV are two separate negotiations, right? Um, and just looking at the calendar, I like downloaded the calendar and the, the Marvel Phase Four calendar and put it on my desktop so that I would always have it. Nice. <laughs> but it's nice. uh, so it goes. The last film that we get in Phase Four, it is Fantastic Four, and it goes to 2023. There's no dates yet on it, but you know what's not to say that we're gonna get. Jonathan Majors, you know, certainly Multiverse of Madness, certainly, um, yeah, the 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 next. That's but, the only one that he's been cast in, right? Well, so he's in Jonathan Majors is in Ant Man in the Wasp Quantum right. Mania. That's the only mm-hmm. one, as far as I know, that he is in, and he's not even playing King, as far as um what, what I've read. He's playing as Nathaniel Richards, so. I think that's the movie where I think we'll get the beginning of it. Like, I think what we saw in Loki is the, the end of that character, right? I think he, it's like the end of that run of Nathaniel Richards or whatever. I think when in Ant-Man Wasp quantum mania, I think we're going to see the beginning, like his, where he was in the, 30 what did he say the 31st century or whatever yeah 31st century where he realizes that there's multiple um what do they call them? multiple uh, multiverses on top of yeah. one another multiple I think, timelines right and i think that's where we might begin to see that because obviously quantum mania you know the quantum realm is you know is wild enough too so that's where i think you begin to build that layer right because you have to build because thanos wasn't built in like a movie man that thing was True. built and built and built and built over True. years i think it would be kind of a i, I mean that's we're two years away from quantum mania that comes out in 2023 also right right so i mean why would they they did drop thanos that early for us but it was very slight you know where potentially loki you know season two will potentially be next year maybe 2022 right is that just gonna i mean is kang just gonna live in that universe until we get to quantum mania and that's when he's going to cross over into this the cinema maybe or are we i feel like it would be a waste to not have him appear somehow in doctor strange so here's, in my opinion no yeah so here's what i my thoughts are is that obviously you set it up in the show right and then obviously maybe maybe not he makes an appearance in loki season two we don't know, right? And that could happen maybe next year. I feel like it's probably going to be the year after, 2022. Or was it 20? We're in 2021. So 23, 23, you mean? 23. So I mm-hmm. think his appearance in Loki Season 2 and Ant-Man and Wasp will kind of come in the same year, I, I feel. That's just my opinion. Because, again, they're setting things up. And he's not. I don't know if he'll be in Spider-Man or Doctor Strange 2. I really don't. I don't, I don't foresee that. I think what we're going to see... This is just my opinion. In those movies, is again the the events of what happened in this finale. We're seeing that in Spider Man and Doctor Strange, like them trying to figure out what the hell happened, how do we fix it, and then we'll slowly get into the progression of okay, who's you know in the movies, who's behind it, who is controlling this now because it's not this version of Kang anymore because obviously Sylvie killed him. So which which Kang is in is in charge because where Loki was and I don't know if Loki 
is in another timeline because that's where not that's what I'm thinking. I think he's in a totally different yeah. timeline that where Sylvie threw him. He's not where I think the Mobius that he knows is. I really don't. I don't think that's where he is. I think he is in a separate timeline, and that timeline you see the statue, and the statue is of Kang the Conqueror. Like that statue is the outfit and everything like that. So that's where Loki is. So do we see Kang? Do we see that character? Do we see Jonathan Majors again? Maybe, maybe not in season two. You don't, we don't know because maybe season two, Loki's got to figure out, you know, where the hell is, where the hell is he? Where's Sylvie? Where's Mobius? How do we, how do we start fixing what the hell happened? That's what I think. I don't know if they're going to be really going after Kang. I mean, maybe, maybe not. But I think I, that's going to be more of, for me, more of the movies. Now, maybe we'll get more background on Nathaniel Richards that will lead into Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. That's just yeah. my personal opinion. And even lead into Fantastic Four, potentially. Oh, that's going to lead Because Nathaniel into, Richards yeah. and Reed Richards are connected. Yep. Yep. So, it's going to be huge. An, he's, a, he's an ancestor of him, right? Yeah. I think yeah. I don't know if they're – yeah, I, I can't remember how they're related, but they are obviously related yeah. for sure. So yeah. because – he was both, so, but both getting back to getting back to DJ's question just about the the crossover events and the big you know superstar cast of every throw in every superhero possible. Just looking at the Phase Four, not even looking at TV, just looking at the Phase Four calendar. So it's Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. We know Wanda is going to be in it. Um, me Spider Man. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And they're suspecting maybe now Loki is going to be in it, although nothing has really pointed to that <laughs> except for the way that this ended. Um, Thor, Love and Thunder. We don't really know much about that either. Black Panther could be, again, a very just Black Panther centric movie. So. Yeah. Potentially maybe some Bucky Barnes. Uh, Captain Marvel 2. Don't really know if there's any crossover potential there. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Not sure if there's any crossover potential there although one of the kangs i did read um has a like tries to have a relate he thinks that um mantis is like a chosen one for him like his chosen bride in the comics and he like tried there there's a there's a whole interesting storyline with that so i mean there's a little connection right there potentially um and then we've got blade totally new character and then we have quantum mania ant-man and wasp and then Fantastic Four, which, again, totally new for this version of Marvel. Totally new characters. So that's two movies that have totally new characters in them. Um, maybe maybe that comment just about there won't be that many more crossovers is just short owing term. to the fact. I short term. Yeah, I, I think it's just, yeah, definitely short term. And I think it's just owing to the fact that there are more characters still kind of coming they're still trying to populate you know repopulate the the mcu and bring in you know they have decades and decades of rich content they can pull from from the comics and then now we're getting to the point where okay we're going to inject these things in phase four as they make sense around this baddie so i i think that's kind yeah, of you're right yeah yeah i think that's more so where feige's comment specifically might have come from um but who knows <laughs> that's my answer for everything who knows <laughs> right chrissy what about you i mean what do you think about the crossovers and all that stuff i like the crossovers for the continuity factor that they bring and and they keep your story flowing and tying together but 
I agree. We are even getting new characters. We have the Eternals. We have Shang-Chi coming out. We have all these new that we have never seen before. Plus um, TV shows, Ms. Marvel. We have Hawkeye. Yeah. Like we said, we a have lot all of these things out. where we will have, we will see one of our Moon characters, Knight. Moon Knight, at least referenced. I do think that, you know, Jonathan Majors, we had to have given him a decent contract. I've never looked it up, but there has to have been a decent contract. I don't know that it's been made public or anybody knows anything yet because that would have been, now it might come out over the next couple of days, like what type of a contract he's right. got. Because right. I think like Sebastian's got to be the long time contract now that's still on the books for Marvel. Um, but who knows? So, yeah, I think it does. The concern I have is, are you going to want to, for a crossover, cast someone and how much are they going to demand and are we going to lose really great content because of greed potentially in the future don't know have no idea but you see the commitment of these actors for their roles anyways we talked about with the dora the dora are ready at all times you know so could be the same thing with everyone i don't know i was looking at the timeline as you guys were talking as well thinking Damn, we have a lot to see in the next two years. When are we going to get it all? How is this going to happen? So, yeah, I think that it may just be that. It may be that in the next couple of years, once they've established who the players are. And by the way, I had Iron Man not been the success it was in the Avengers. One been the success it was. Would those long-term contracts have ever happened in the first place? Because realistically, most of our, our original six were signed long-term after their first film. They weren't signed before their first film at long-term. So they had to see the reception of the character. And again, they may still continue to do that. Well, that's yeah. All, yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. And I think, too, just to your point about, you know, is greed going to play a factor? I think any actor would be monumentally stupid to burn a bridge with Disney. Just my opinion. Like, if I got that opportunity, I wouldn't, you know, I, I would I would not take it for granted and I would not try and um, abuse it anyway. And at the same time, it also seems like we said with Dora, like we've said, I mean, even um, Gugu, uh, who plays Ravona, has come out and said, you know, that, that she has been taken such care of. And I think that is kind of a, a, a common thread, at least in this newer phase of some of these films all of these um performers are raving about how much fun and how much care is being put into the project yeah on the surface it's just a silly horror i mean i'm not sorry um a silly superhero movie you know but i i think that i think that the care it's so much more now though with marvel for what they have done exactly it's it's different it's different Mm -hmm. than what it was you know, doing X-Men for Fox or doing for sure. previous movies. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think in, as a performer, there's there's something to be said for that too. You know, not just the contract and not just the the dotted line and the the number of zeros after after your check. You know, the I magic think, of Disney. Th- exactly. You know, they they know how to do it. And I think that the the Marvel team specifically knows how to do it too. Yeah. No, I had just been agree. Um so let, let's circle back, though, because, I mean, I, I think we, we talked a lot about, I think, future stuff, which I, I kind of want to maybe touch back later on. But let's talk about kind of we talked a little about Kang. I want to kind of talk, keep talking about it, because, I, again, I think what's important is that this is 
the next big baddie. 100%. They have set this up to for him to be that. And I don't think people realize how scary this character is and will be in the movies. Especially since how they set it up as he, there are infin- infinite number of this guy out there causing chaos in some, you know, in some timelines being pure of heart, as he said in this episode, cause there are probably decent, you know, Nathaniel Richards for sure. hundred percent. But then you have the, the one King, the conqueror who is a total badass. I don't think people realize how, how this guy is really going to affect the, the MCU. Like, we thought Thanos was bad, and he was. Thanos was a, a a guy to be reckoned with, but I don't think people realize what Kang is capable of. Even this in this little glimpse of the show, you see, I a how smart Nathaniel Richards is, and two, how you know he how ten steps ahead he's going to be of over anybody, especially having to be able to do time and to go back and forth and know things and literally control it. Like that is what this, this guy does. He controls everything. He manipulates everything. I don't think people really get how serious this is going to get. That's why I'm well, so I excited think, for say, for yeah. Facebook. And I think too, like we've been warned, like he told us in this episode, he said, without me, everything burns. Like that, without me, everything burns. And now we're without him, you know? So like, it's gonna be pretty intense. He is the one who had this very tenuous management, you know, via the TVA. And I think that, yeah, we're gonna see absolute chaos. It's gonna be absolute chaos. Any other thoughts, Katie and King, and kind of what what you expect? Um, I love that he was wearing purple. <laughs> right i yeah i mentioned that last week about um there was lots of purple in the episode and it made me think about how agatha is also really purple agatha harkness and uh yeah when he showed up in that that very nice purple costume i was like look at that it's a purple so um yeah otherwise i mean yeah jonathan majors he he knocked it out of the park um one thing that when they first meet him, he's there and he's eating an apple, uh, just very nonchalantly. And that that there's been a lot of something we haven't really talked about, but there's been a lot of like hints to um, dogma and and religion and mythology in this show. And one of the thing with the apple, I mean, it automatically made me think like of Adam and Eve. Loki and Sylvie, and they're meeting the serpent, right? They're they're meeting the they're meeting the big the big baddie. Um, yeah, I mean, they called the void purgatory in the description, you know. And there there has been a lot of um, there's been a lot of kind of symbolism that just kind of lends itself to discussion of of religion and mythology, and that is something that is uh pretty cool. And I actually um. With the apple, I saw on Twitter, and I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember who put it up there, but I made mental note of it that um, in Norse mythology, an apple signals immortality, which uh, is definitely something that I feel like with all of these different versions of Kang and all of his ability man- to manipulate, he basically does have immortality. So 
that is very interesting to me. Yeah, I, I just like how we haven't seen King the Conqueror. We just seen Nathaniel Richards, really, in my opinion. I mean, we've seen a version of Nathaniel Richards. Yeah, some people think it was. I can't. I think it. I think how you pronounce one of the versions is Immortus, immort like. But it goes with what you're saying, Katie, like being immortal. So like it makes total sense that this is kind of what they set up. So Chrissy, your thoughts on Kang, I mean, quote unquote, Kang being revealed in the show. Um, Can we call it a reveal when we all already knew? I think so. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, fair, but like, they, I, I get it. But it's I, Marvel, I so they through. could have thrown us all for a damn loop and we wouldn't have had a damn clue. Well, right. They um, did the thing yep. this time, though, right? They didn't zig. They they zagged with everybody else. Yeah, you know. So it was. I think it's cool. I think it's going to be cool. I'm excited to see all the different versions. Um, I thought you know I thought the performance was really great though when he was like telling them you don't actually want to to kill me. You really need to do this. Like I'm telling you, I've set this up. I'm I'm older than I look. I've got this set up you want to take over. Um, and I think it just tied so nicely into what we do know about Sylvie and Loki and, and how he like played on them. He played on their weaknesses. He played on their thoughts and behaviors. Um, I just thought it was a really cool introduction to a character from, I mean, he owned that scene, right? From the very beginning to pouring them a, a he drink. He owned that whole and, episode, in my opinion. God, and it was just, yeah. I just thought it was a really cool way to un, to uncover and, you know, release a character without actually releasing the character. Because at no point did they actually tell us this is King. Which yeah, is super, he was just, yeah, he was he who remains the whole, yeah. the whole episode. Which is super interesting. I like that. I like the mind games that Marvel is still playing with us. Right. Thinking that we don't know who that is. But again, maybe who are just casual fans, right? They don't know that it was, that's all reference to King, right? Like what he explained to Loki and Sylvie is Nathaniel Richards, who is King, right? I mean, that's literally the story he told. But a lot of people don't understand. You know, a lot of people won't get that unless unless you're nerds geeks like us man really yeah or know. unless they go back and research too right like, i guarantee you i know i can think of at least two of my friends who are not gonna have any idea who that person is my parents won't so i'll have to explain it to them but that's fine <laughs> that's fine dr and papa j i'll explain it to you for sure but yeah i mean my quick thoughts on king again the reveal i mean we've been talking about it like chrissy said we all kind of knew this was going to happen but it's cool that they didn't do a whole, it's not Mephisto and WandaVision. Like they, they did the thing. They did the thing. It's the guy that we all thought it was going to be. And for Jonathan Majors to make his debut in a show like this is insane to me. And he did it so well. Like he literally had me in the very first like seconds he was on. I was like, and then he just started talking and he just started doing, I'm like, oh my God, I understand why. He is a a great actor. He's being nominated for an Emmy, and two, why Marvel picked him to be this character? Like it's it's insane. It's insane. It's insane. I cannot wait to see. I want to sit in a Marvel casting him. room. Don't you want to sit in a room when they're yes. like just watch the magic smart. happen? You know how smart those people are. Like literally, how smart the whole casting people are. Like it's insane. It's in. 
insane. They have not. And I think that speaks to the strength of the writers too. Like they have to completely develop all of the, like this whole personality of this person and then get that one actor that can do all of the things, you know, that, that just, it is magic. It's total magic. Katie Heron, who I think is the directed this entire series. Freaking amazing. Freaking amazing. She did an amazing job directing this entire show. And I can't wait to see what she does in season two. I like, I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. Tom Hiddleston did such a good job. You know, it's just, it's amazing to me. Amazing. Even Owen Wilson freaking killed it every time he was on screen. On screen, you know. So let's talk about, let's move to Loki Sylvie in this last episode. You know, for me, I'll give just real quick thoughts. Like, I liked where it went and it made sense, right? Because I love seeing Loki become the guy that actually cares now. He cares about the consequences of his actions, whereas he didn't before, right? In this six episodes, season one, he learned to care not about himself, but about others and about specifically, you know, another version of himself. Right. Like I loved the character growth of that character of our Loki of Tom Hiddleston from beginning to end. And now even in the, you know, in the very last shots, like he's trying to warn his friends, like looking like, listen, we, we totally jacked up. There's a guy that's super bad. It's hard to explain, but we need to freaking prepare for what the hell is going to happen. And for him to like, be that worried about like, not just himself, but the galaxy, like the entire timeline, like he freaking cared about it. And I loved how he was so honest with Sylvie. Like every time she would say, you know, I, you know, like throw back, throw, you know, throw words back at him. He would say, I'm not like, literally, I'm not that person anymore. Like, yeah, that used to be me. I used to, I, you know, I used to not be trusted by others, but you have to trust me when I say, this is what we need to do. And he was totally right. He was right when he told Sylvie, like, we have to think about this because the repercussions of what he's saying, because I'm a liar and I know a liar when I see a liar, he's not lying when he's telling us that if he, if we kill him, like, the entire timeline is going to go in chaos. And he he was right. And Sylvie, you know, I loved, I love her, you know, finishing what she wanted to start, right? Like she had such drive and purpose, just like a, just like freaking a Loki, right? Just like another damn Loki. Like she was so hell bent on finishing what she started. And then I think she realized at the end that like, oh shit, okay, that nah, I shouldn't have done that. Like, I really feel like that was when she saw what was happening outside. Like, I think she like realized. So you know, getting those two back in season two is going to be great. I can't wait to see what happens with those two characters. I mean, what's going to be interesting is that obviously with her calling herself Sylvie, and we know there's a character that's Sylvie that is known as uh, the Enchantress. Does she become that character now in a movie or in season two? Is she just known as the Enchantress now and not just Sylvie? Like, Again, so much can happen now that the timeline is literally out the window. Anything's on the table. And that's what I freaking love about phase four, what we're heading into. So, Katie, I'll throw it to you. Loki, Sylvie, your kind of thoughts on those two in this last episode. 
Yeah, I loved how during, you know, that meeting, we kind of, we we saw such a huge range of emotions from both of them, you know, as he's saying, I'm going to give you this power. I'm going to let you control this. You could see both of them were kind of twitching. You know, he he was almost on board. And then, of course, Sylvie was like, I don't believe a word he says. I'm not believing any of this, which why should she like they've been lied to this entire time, you know, and she's, of course, been on the run for years and years. So and she um, and I like how Loki called her out was like, you can't trust anybody. Just like Chrissy, you said earlier that line. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she can't trust anybody, and and Loki can't be trusted. That 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 was a really powerful line, definitely. Um, you know, and and her as as strong as she has been, her motivations have all been revenge, revenge, get my revenge from the life that was stolen from me. You know, which is at the end why she does what she does, but. And even in that moment when they're about to take their first steps into the Citadel and she's having a moment and she kind of fusses at Loki and is like, let me have my moment. You know, she's she's scared. She's anxious. She's she's all of the things. And I love the way that they let that feeling carry all the way into after the conversation, during the fight, um, during the kiss, like, you know. There's this there was this big kiss that they had been building up to and then she pushes him through the through the thing and gets sends him to pr- presumably back to 2012 on a different timeline. We don't know. That's one big thing that that I had a question of of where the heck is he now? Um but yeah, I think that you know they they did such a great job of just balancing the two of them and the way that these two people who are versions of the same person were kind of interpreting this situation that has been presented to them in totally different ways. Um, which I mean, just, just speaks to all of the themes of the series, right? That there's many different versions of oneself and, you know, they're all of the, the shared experiences and then, individual experiences are going to form whatever opinions and whatever reactions that these characters are going to have to this situation. So, but you know, just as far as performances, top notch, like they did an amazing job. Um, what happens to Sylvie now too? Is she just stuck? I mean, she's got a temp pad. She can go wherever she wants, but yikes. I mean, she's literally in control now for the most, yeah. like wherever she is. Right. I mean, we assume, but we don't know because, I honestly think that Loki is in another timeline. Like that's where he's at. And he's in a timeline yeah. where Kang the Conqueror is controlling everything. I yeah. think Sylvie is still, well, presumably she's still in the, in the Citadel, but now she can go anywhere though. Right. She has that like unlimited tempad from. Yes, exactly. From him. So that's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Christina, what are your thoughts on those two Loki, Sylvie? I think we see them come back together at some point. And I I think that she's something's going to happen where she's going to realize she's wrong. And, you know, before it was his mission to find Sylvie and now it's going to be Sylvie finding him as part of season two. I I think that's going to be the theme will be she realizes, oh, damn, I screwed up. I need to go help him now is what we're going to have for season two. I think we'll see 
we see a lot of Sylvie in season one, but I think she's going to be almost as prominent as character as Loki is in season two. Um, just because she is, she triggered it. She made the, she made the move. She triggered it, you know? Um, and she didn't trust him. And is this the thing that will now teach her that she needs to learn to trust? Is this the thing that will make Loki now have realized he deserves to be trusted? And so huge character development happened in those last few minutes. The fight scene was great. Um, you, She had no hesitation in killing him, though. None. That was her journey. That was her mission. Um, she, yeah, she had zero hesitation. I thought you might see her internally struggle with it for a moment, but she didn't. Um. And so now she's going to have to live with that when she starts to see everything fall apart. So, yeah, I thought that it really spoke to the narcissism of the Loki character throughout, um, which was really, really cool. Um, but we're now seeing, like I said, we're now seeing that that change and that that shift. So I'm excited to see what these two do in season two. Do we see Sylvie outside of the Loki series? As part of any of our films, I don't know. I hope but so. I hope because I think she's a really cool character. Mm-hmm. What well, the actress is Sophia Di Mar. I know it's Mar. Di Martino. Di Martino. That's right. I want to say that too. Yeah, she's fabulous. I, I don't. I honestly, I don't know what other stuff she's done, but she's fantastic. Like I lo- again, another freaking stellar casting of a character, and she nailed it beautifully beautifully so i i do i don't think you get her for just a loki series i mean maybe you do i don't know maybe you do but i i hope we see her elsewhere because it would make sense it would make sense because you have like you just said chrissy like she started this like she is the reason we are going to be in a multiverse war she is a hundred percent the the cause of it so she has to be seen <laughs> in some way, shape, or form in the MCU movies as the as one of the the problems, or someone that's trying. Maybe maybe she like you're saying. Maybe she realizes she and maybe she's trying to fix stuff with the temp pad she has. I you know who knows. There's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on. I think right now again, what we what we have coming down the pipe as far as movies and shows. There's only going to be maybe one or two other places, Spider-Man and and Doctor Strange 2, I think, where we might get some remnants of what happened in this series. Other than that, again, Shang-Chi is going to set up Shang-Chi. The Eternals are going to set up the Eternals. You know, in those movies, Ms. Marvel, Black Panther are going to be like their own thing until whatever happened in in this show you know, is felt in their timelines or their, you know, in in what we know. That's just my personal opinion. But so much, I mean, so much, there's just so much goodness that happened between, you know, Tom Hiddleston and Sophia. Like, great acting, great chemistry. It was just great. I mean, just this show was, the show was probably my favorite out of the the three that came out. I'm excited to see what Hawkeye and Ms. Marvel are going to bring because I think that's going to set up stuff too. But we'll see. We'll definitely see. I want to turn to the TVA now because, wow, what the hell? Because 
you know, when we see Mobius in B-15 and they're just watching that timeline branch, they're like, let it burn. I loved it. <laughs> I loved I loved yeah. it so much. And I love that Mobius, like, caught Ravona and was like, you know, nice try. You proved me. I came back. But, I, you know, with Ravona, too, it's interesting that Miss Minutes gave her stuff that only he, he who remains was allowing her to read. And we know Ravona is very important, is connected to the Kang character. So I wonder if where she ends up is with Kang or that's going to intercede in season two in some way, shape, or form. Because now I feel like her goal is to find the one that's in charge of all of it, right? That's kind of my guess and my feeling now with her is that she wants to know who's in charge and because she, I think she wants control of it. And again, I think this could lead to that, that, that relationship that we know in the comics to be of Ravona and King. Maybe this is the start of that. And maybe we get that in season two. We'll see. But I think the whole TVA stuff, man, who we, this is going to be interesting stuff because I honestly think that we are where Loki is at the end. I think it's totally different than where the Mobius and B-52 that we know are. I really do. I really think those, these are two separate timelines that were, that we, that we are in. I think there's a Mobius and a Loki in every single branch of those timelines we saw at the end there. Makes sense. That would make sense. right? Agreed. That would make a hundred percent sense. So yeah, it's going to be, it's interesting that, you know, again, the Kang or the the He Who Remains created this TVA so then he could keep the peace and keep this timeline, you know, from branching because he knew. I mean, as as weird and maybe maybe he was lying, maybe not, but I don't think he was really lying a lot to Loki and, and Sylvie. I really don't. Like, I think he was being completely pretty honest with them to telling them this is why I'm doing this. Yeah. You might not agree with it, but I don't think you understand if I'm not doing this, what's going to happen. And now we're going to find out. And I love that. Like little, uh, like he told Sylvie, I'll see you soon. That was, that was really cool. But yeah, the TVA dude, that thing is so messed up now. And I'm interested to see what the ramifications in season two will be like, where we're going to be, Who's running the TVA? What is a TVA? Like, how many TVAs are there? Like, what is going on? I think it's very interesting. And I, I'm so glad we're going to get more Owen Wilson in season two. So happy. I hope we, I hope he finally gets a jet ski at the end of season two now. I think that will be a great, like, full circle moment for that character. So we'll see what happens. But, Katie, your thoughts on the TVA and what you think is going to happen, maybe season two, or maybe do we see it in movies? Seeing it in movies is a very interesting possibility. Um, I don't know. That, I feel like, would be a nice um, mid-credit or post-credit scene of, you know, just a little a little blip for uh for people that have watched the show i think i I loved b15 this episode first of all she really like took charge 
I'm going to get out here and spread the gospel of we're all variants. All of our minds have been manipulated. This is all bullshit. I need to let you know what's going on. And the first thing that she does is try and take someone back into a different point in time where we see Ravona, who is not Ravona. Uh, she's a principal, professor, something. Right. Um, immediately, I was looking for clues of, oh, my God, where is this? What time? <laughs> when is this in time? And um, I noticed there's a, per- a poster of Eleanor Roosevelt on on her office wall. And just the way that she is dressed herself, I think it's sometime in the 30s and 40s. Uh, well, they is- said it was 2018 Fremont, Ohio. They said 2018? I thought it did. I'm pretty sure it did. Said 2018 Fremont, Ohio. If it did, I missed it. I thought it just yeah, said I missed Fremont, it Ohio. too. I didn't see 2018, okay, but maybe, I could have missed okay, it. Okay, maybe I may have to. Her shoes and everything very look. much led me to think she was in the her outfit and everything. I was on same page yeah. with Katie, but we might be totally wrong. Yeah, and the the yeah, we could be, but the in the set decoration and everything too. But um, seeing that, and then of course I went back and and looked again at when. Ravona and Kang meet up and one of the versions of I'm sorry Nathaniel Richardson is uh he and Ravona are together in the early 20th century is all it says um so could be could be another another place like it seems like Ravona has a lot of different um variations of herself as well you know she's she's a princess in the future she's in the past, there's a lot of things. I wouldn't put it past that that she would also be in ancient Egypt when Ramatut is around too. So maybe that's um, maybe that's a big part of his motivation uh, for not only saving his time and saving his world, but also you know reconnecting with with um, himself. She's okay, right. So it says it does say, say 2018, 2018 Fremont, Ohio, 2018 Fremont, Ohio. Never mind. We both read that <laughs> so wrong. I really did. I thought that it was, you know, I was looking for the clues and just the way they had the set decorated. It looked like it was earlier in time. But that could be her. Uh, that maybe she's a history teacher, and that's what. Hey, very good point. That would really make a lot of sense. That would make Thanks a lot for making of us sense feel better, Lord. History yeah. teacher. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. We picked up the wrong clues. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, um, I love, like I said, the way B-15 just took control of the situation and was going and gave zero shits about, you know, blowing everybody's everybody's perception of what the heck the TVA does. Um, But of course, they leave us in such a uh, such a bummer place of who who is this guy? You know, (laughs) like he hugged you. You know him. He's your friend. (laughs) That was. um, Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a super bummer bummer place to leave it. But hey, you know, we'll uh we'll see what happens. So maybe now on this timeline, it's it's been he who remains all along. You know, so what does that mean? What does that mean for what the people of the TVA think is their purpose? And there was a lot of, you know, Loki's always talking about glorious purpose. There was a lot of that in this too, you know, so much of Ravona's denial of, no, this can't all be for nothing. Like this guy, whoever it is that's in charge of this, yeah, he brought us here. He wiped our minds, but he gave us a purpose. Like he gave us a really strict rule book to follow. And 
boy, oh boy, did she love following the rules. Like, I appreciate that. That's kind of how, <laughs> it's kind of how I am. Um, if I've got a policy and procedure book in front of me, I am following that fucker. You can bet your bottom dollar. But anyway, that is, um, that's something that I, I kind of found was a nice, you know, little reflection of, of the things that, that Loki says and the things that are such a big part of his character are also something that um, Ravona at least is making a big part of her character too. Like she has this purpose, she has rules that she's following and that, you know, it can't all be for no reason. Yeah. And I think, like I said, I think this leads back to her meeting Nathaniel in some version, wherever she is. Cause I, th- I find it interesting too, that, you know, he who remains said that, you know, if you kill me, the multiverse war is going to happen and I'm going to end up where I am again. Like he basically said, this is just going to repeat itself. So that's interesting to me too, that even being, you know, him dying, the war is going to happen. And eventually, eventually one of the versions is going to do what he's doing or something like that's, it's all going to come back. So Again, that means so much in Phase 4. And the TVA is going to be interesting to see if we see it in the movies or not. You know, I think that's going to be... It'll be interesting to see. Christina, your thoughts on the TVA. And what are we... Moving forward, what do we got? We're going to see the TVA, but I think it may be in an end credit scene. um, Right before Season 2 of Loki. Makes total sense. It'll be an end credit and it'll be... You know, it could. I, do we have a dates for season two yet? We don't know where it's going to fall in our face for a timeline. So that's my, what I'm thinking. Twenty three. That's just yeah. My, my thought process is: Do we see the end credit of Ant Man and Wasp back at the TVA? TVA? Um, where they come walking I up? Wouldn't hate it. And then that's flowing into season two it. of Loki. Um, so that could be our end credit of that film, and it would make sense. Um crossover those two or one of them or character from that film into them showing up at the TVA and now we're moving in um I think that's where we see it again I don't think it's like a big set piece of any of our films it just wouldn't make sense um if you're gonna have a season two don't bother doing that you know so um you don't need to wrap up the TVA at this point um I thought you know I did notice Loki refers to Mobius as his friend in this episode like really like his real friend like i you can trust me and i trust you friend um so that's why i think at the end it was really heartbreaking that loki was like oh my god you're here i'm so happy and then it wasn't his friend and he's just so crushed that was very heartbreaking um but no i think that maybe miss minutes knows more than maybe miss minutes i want i want to find out more about her i don't know that she's just a computer there's something weird there. Um, I have a lot of questions about her um, because she's very AI, artificial intelligence then, because how would she know what to pull and give and do? And I don't know. I I'm, I just want to see what season two is going to bring us now. Like, don't stop the story. Don't make me wait two years now, Marvel. Yeah, because I, 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 the, the only reason I say 23, because obviously we're, we're booked the whole this rest of the year right we have something in august september october november and i think december i'm pretty sure then i mean next year is pretty stacked already too i mean assuming that nothing gets 
push back or anything. I mean, I, I see this falling maybe late next year or early 2023. And again, I think season two and Ant-Man and the Quantumania are going to tie in a little bit. Like you're saying, Christy, end credit. I, I feel like you're right. End credit. I can see. Even if we went end credit to Doctor Strange and then did Loki fair. in between and then went Ant-Man. That would make some Very sense, fair. too, because then you can do Loki in between Doctor Strange's March of 22, February 23 is Ant-Man. So if you are mid, because we have a July to November break in 22. So if you go between Wakanda Forever and the Marvels, then you have a good opportunity to toss Loki in there and have prepped it with the end credit of Doctor Strange. That's fair. I mean, because we know Spider-Man 3 comes out November, and that's connected to DS2. So obviously that end credit scene is going to connect to Doctor Strange 2. You know, so I think you're right. I think TVA-wise, for it to show up, it would either be maybe the maybe DS2 or, again, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think you're more, I think that's more right in the head. Christina, I think that's where we might see that connection. Because I would love to see like an end credit with Owen Wilson <laughs> on a jet ski or something. That'd be so great. That'd be so great. Um, but yeah, TVA man, it's it's good. I'm I'm very interested in what this that whole idea that this character built on, and you know, because we don't really we don't see how he mind wiped and why he chose the variants, right? Like, why did he pick Mobius? Why did he pick B-15? Like, what was the purpose in letting, in mind wiping them, but then pruning like the Lokis or other people? Like, so there's, there's a method to it that we really don't know yet. And we don't see how the mind wiping process is. Like what what somebody goes through. So I, I hope we see that in season two for sure. And then, you know, again, like you're saying, Ravona, interesting. That that storyline is gonna be interesting. I think heading into season two a lot too. So yeah, TVA, man, it's just it's gonna be bon- like that's gonna get crazy. This whole you know, this whole phase four, again, I think we'll get bits and pieces of this Loki series in it. Maybe towards the end, but I think this these movies that we know are coming out won't really touch it unless it's Doctor Strange two, maybe or Ant Man and uh, Quantum Mania. I think they're the two that might have connections back to this series. Everything else is setting up new characters or you know things like that. So ah, there's just there's just there's so much Marvel content coming out. It's insane. It's insane i mean we i mean and then the what if what if what if the what if isn't really what ifs <laughs> what if it's all <laughs> that'd be the most marvel thing marvel ever did that's totally it's, it's all different timelines it's all meta man i'm telling you i i can that'd see it awesome. to where like like it is it's not like canon as a lot of people like to call like star wars but it'd be interesting to be like this is actually like it all makes sense, you know, like it, I, I can see them doing it that way because it's animated. Why not? Just go for it. 
You already screwed up the the whole timeline now. I mean, the the floodgates are open. No shutting it until they fix it, which is, I think that's the entire, like, next few years is them trying to fix this timeline stuff and then eventually facing the 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 very bad variant of Kang as Kang the Conqueror. So it's gonna be good. This is gonna be a fun ride, kids, man. This is it's about to get very weird and very comic booky. And I'm here for it. Like I'm here for it all. So final thoughts, Katie, final thoughts on this season and what you're looking forward to season two. And how it connects to everything. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to being along for the ride, you know. <laughs> I uh, th- This season of this series gave us a lot of really great character development. And I hope we get even more of that um, next season. I hope that, you know, there there's continued growth. For everyone, not just explanation and not just, you know, making us understand Kang, um, he who remains, you know, or any of that, but just the the continued growth, I think, of Loki and of Sylvie, too, and how, you know, their themes and their um, caring for each other and making their way in the world how that's going to resolve itself, I, I think, is what I'm most interested to see later. Um, and then, of course, where those little clues and hints are going to be popping up elsewhere in the MCU. That is it's going to be fun to really analyze and, and pick up clues and pick things apart as um, as more things you know, come up, like, where are we going to see them in the Eternals? Are we going to see hints? You know, are, 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 there's so many places I think that could, um, that they could show up, you know, and that's exciting to me. Just the, the possibility uh, again, we've got a, we've got a big old playing field now, especially now that the timeline has been transformed from this one very neat little loop to all of this, uh, absolute chaos. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to is just just how it's all going to come back around and loop back around um, to a very Loki-centric, I think, um, story and potentially even resolution of some sort. No, yeah, that's a good call. That's a really good call. Uh, Christina, your thoughts on the season one? What you're looking forward to season two and connections? I think season one was a great setup for the war we're about to have it was a great introduction to a major player for a phase and it is going to all come together in season two everything we kind of wish we got at the end of this one i think we knew after episode five to be quite fair that we weren't done at six there was no way everything that had opened up was going to wrap up at six at least that's the way i felt when i was done with episode five that's a really good point. Um, like, yeah, there's got, there's no way we're wrapping this up with six. Um, so, yeah, I'm just excited to see all these layers and how many timelines are we really going to now experience? Because, yeah, there's, I can't even imagine. Because, so, I liked, I liked this season one. It gave a lot of ex, you know, exp, uh, explanation of what we're going to be seeing moving forward. And I don't even think they've really said it. Like, 
They they started it, but I don't think they really have finished explaining what this means as far as the timeline. Because I think Kevin Feige said maybe today or or maybe even yesterday, he said something that like he they are obviously all you know like he had a meeting and they're you know like trying and almost finalizing what this what this all means and what what timeline like defining it what to you know to fit all these upcoming projects so to me that just shows how a serious this entire marvel studios is that they want to keep everything connected just like they have been but they're really going outside the box now because it's not just okay these characters are coming together to fight thanos right now it's okay timelines broke Things are in disarray. How do you fix that? But how do you bring the crew together? Who's the guy that's going to be, you know, who's the bad guy that is going to bring our heroes together? I think we now know because of this, of this show of season one, we know who that's going to be, but figuring out how that's all coming together, I think is going to be really cool to see because even these, like these next, again, these next few movies, aren't really going I mean aren't really going to touch this just yet you know these new series Ms. Marvel Hawkeye that's not going to touch any of this because we really don't know where in literally where in the timeline this all took place right like this entire season we have no idea like we know Loki was from 2012 but that's it like literally we have no clue where we are in the timeline that was kind of smart like I think that was the whole obviously the whole point of it was that like Time is kind of irrelevant now, right? Time has basically no meaning moving forward until it gets fixed, which is really, really cool. I mean, just the, I mean, and now I think we can set up so much, so much cameos too. I'm thinking about like now that, you know, Disney has Fox and now that the multiverse is broke, dude, you could have Hugh Jackman play, you know, a cameo in the Deadpool 3 you could have the Fox X-Men make cameos because, again, the timeline is broke. We know we have the other two Spider-Man. You can already you can confirm it, Kevin Feige. Just go ahead. It's not a fucking surprise. You're going to have Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield as their Spider-Man, respectively, with Tom Holland. Just say it. It doesn't matter anymore. You have literally said that now with this freaking show. That everything's broken. Just drop the damn trailer. Yes, as we said in the beginning. Drop the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer immediately. Immediately, immediately, immediately. I want it. I want it. I want it now. I also think Eternals is going... I think Eternals might be a sneaky connection, but very, very sneaky. Like, maybe the reason that they have are interfering now is because the timeline's broke. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, I think that is going to be the reason why they have returned or they are introducing themselves is because the timeline's broke now and they have to figure out why. And that's that's what we're getting to. Again, it's not going to, we're not going to see the TVA. We're not going to see Loki or Kang or anything like that. I don't think in Eternals. But I think the reason they are going, we're seeing them now is because of the events that we just saw. That's my, that's my prediction but other than that i think after this phase like after fantastic four 
I think then we will start seeing more connections of this season and maybe season two, like it, it coming more clear, right? Because I think they're setting stuff up now, right? With new characters. And then the next phase, phase five, we will get a lot of connections, I think, with the timeline and like movies and things like that. That's just my, that's my guess. Cause I know, I mean, I don't think the Captain Marvel sequel is going to do anything with this. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, it's space. We might, we might have to deal with some of it, but we don't know yet. So there's just a lot of possibilities. And I cannot wait because I think it's going, I mean, Fantastic Four is going to connect for sure. And I think the X-Men, I think once we get mutants in this whole MCU, that is going to be huge. And I think this is maybe how that happens. For sure. I think this is how that occurs. Like, how we can bring in these characters is because they're from a different timeline. And maybe that's maybe that's the point of it. Maybe that's we'll see the X-Men not in the timeline we know, but then eventually they have to because of what's going on. They all have to come together from different timelines to fix the sacred timeline or something like that. Again, I'm just spitballing here, but I think it's going to be really cool. They have a lot of possibilities with this show, a lot of possibilities. Okay, um, if anybody has any final thoughts or anything they want to bring up before we bring it on home. Okay, that's it, kids. That is our wrap-up of Season 1 of Loki. Season 2 coming probably maybe late next year. Maybe we'll probably find out within a few days. But I can't wait for Season 2 already. Like, I just... Just give me Doctor Strange and Spider-Man right now. That's just, This is what I want. I want those two movies because I think they will have, you know, more connection to these events sooner than I think most other movies. Okay, uh, Katie, let the good people know where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at PenguinKatie, and that's Katie with a Y. Well done. Christina, where can the good people find you? On Instagram and Twitter at A Beautiful Quest. Love it. And you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Lauren at Loro Knows. And you can follow the podcast, the Geek Broads Cast at Geek Broads Pod on Twitter. And you can follow our episodes like this on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, all the big platforms we're there. Friendly reminder to do do that thing you do and do rate and review on Apple. It helps us grow as a podcast and gets our name out there more because of algorithms. So please, please, please rate review would be great. And until next time, stay geeky, everybody. Bye.